Welcome to the Educate, Empower, and Evolve podcast. My name is Haley Vera, and I'm a lifestyle coach with my roots in holistic nutrition, personal training, and yoga. I'm admittedly a total nerd with a huge passion for gut health and optimizing human performance naturally. If you feel like you're drowning in the information available to you online, come hang out with me on the E3 podcast every single week and learn simple, effective strategies to help you balance your hormones, increase your energy, heal your guts, and optimize your mindset. I promise to provide you with science-backed knowledge and new perspectives so that you can make empowered decisions for both your health and happiness and evolve into the best version of yourself possible. Thank you for tuning in and lending me your ears. Now let's get into today's episode. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the E3 podcast. I'm your host, Haley Vera. And as always, I am pumped to be here. And today we are actually going to be talking about lesson number three. I have been going through the six life lessons that I have learned over the course of my life. And these are the six lessons that I taught at our second annual retreat this year. And the presentation that I did was very heartfelt. There are a lot of things that I struggled with in my early teens, in my late teens, in my early 20s. I struggled with disordered eating, body dysmorphia. I struggled with my skin and acne. I struggled with relationships, relationship with self and relationship with others. But a lot of what I have gone through has helped me become the person that I am today. And so as I was putting together the history of Health Pillars, I was talking about my history because Health Pillars actually started almost a decade ago. I had the domain name healthpillars.ca back in 2014, which is, yeah, almost a decade ago. It's nine and a half years ago. And I had that domain name before I had a business. I started designing this brand in my imagination. And one of my goals was to have retreats one day. I was like, one day I'm going to have a wellness company and I'm going to do retreats. And almost 10 years later, that came true. We did our first retreat last year. And so back then I was just starting to work on healing and healing myself, healing my body, healing my relationship with myself as well. And since then, there has been so many realizations or epiphanies that I've had along the way where I was like, wow, that was that pain or that struggle or that obstacle was actually something that helped me develop these skills or this knowledge or this mindset or this perception that has helped me to grow and advance and become the person that I am today. Leading a company of seven coaches, there's eight of us on the team right now, but seven coaches. And we also have over 250 clients online and we're rapidly growing and expanding. So if I hadn't gone through the adversity that I went through, I wouldn't be where I'm sitting today with a podcast mic in front of me. And so I want to share lesson number three with you guys today. Lesson number six, which is the last lesson that I taught at the retreat, I've actually already done a podcast on. And if you haven't listened to it, I strongly suggest it. It's episode number 88, Mata Mata. So Mata Mata translates to no, not yet. It's interpreted as, as you still have lots more to work on, but it's a lot more than just a cultural expression. It's a philosophy and a mindset that continues, that works on continuous improvement and embracing failure. So recognizing that the journey itself is what's invaluable. Now in Western society, we see as like, you're not there yet as you suck, or you haven't accomplished everything you need to, or you're not meeting these social requirements. 
our standards that we have set for ourselves. And it's almost like shame on you for not having fixed everything or finished everything. But the the Japanese culture looks at it as more of like, it's exciting, right? It's encouraging to know that, no, you're not done yet. You don't have to stay here. You can keep getting better. So I really love that perspective shift. And if you haven't listened to that episode, I strongly suggest it because I only have two more lessons to share with you after this one before we are going to get back into more like the health and fitness side of things. But these lessons all, I think, set us up for success on our fitness journey, which is why I was teaching them at the retreat. Like this is really what built Health Pillars. These six lessons are what allowed Health Pillars to evolve and become the business and the company that it is today. Because without these lessons, I wouldn't be the person that I am. So let's just recap. The lesson number one was stop invalidating the pain that you're in. I think that sometimes we think that, you know, other people, third world countries maybe have it worse off than us, or my neighbor has cancer, that person lost their father. So we kind of compare pains and then we invalidate our own pain or other people may even invalidate it for us. Oh, you know, that's not just a big deal. Just suck it up or everything's going to be okay. They kind of just brush it off, right? So I believe that if you're invalidating your pain, it's really difficult to grow from it. And so that was one of my first lessons is that being able to validate your pain and utilize it for growth is where you're going to see the most most advancement in your life is when you stop invalidating the pain and and actually work on understanding and going through it. Number two is that if you're not processing the pain or working through it, the people around you are the ones who fill it. That's what spills out of your cup. You know, the saying hurt people hurt people. It might sound very cliche to you, but there's profound truth in it. And I know that I shared a lot of emotional shrapnel with the world around me. I was very destructive in my relationships, not in like a physically destructive way, but, you know, mentally, emotionally, verbally, I would kind of create problems in the relationships and often act out with anger because I'd learned from a very young age that if I was angry, people would stay away from me and then it would be harder for them to see the pain or shame or humiliation or embarrassment that I was sitting in. And then number three is the life lesson that we're going to be talking about today. And it is forgiveness. So this is a really powerful lesson. And I remember the first time that I was introduced to this concept of forgiveness. And I was actually driving on the Sea to Sky Highway. I remember it so clearly. I was living in Pemberton at the time. If you guys know BC at all, it's like 45 minutes from Whistler. And I was driving from Pemberton to Vancouver. And I remember it was a sunny day and I was on the Sea to Sky Highway. And I was listening to this podcast by Vishen Lakhiani. And I think it was an audiobook I was listening to. Vishen Lakhiani has a couple of books and he owns Mind Valley, a lot of like introspective work and kind of like life, I'd say like life coaching almost. But he has a couple of books, The Buddha and the Badass, that I really loved. And he was talking about forgiveness and how it is one of the most powerful choices we can make, transformational. And at first, I didn't really understand this concept because I was in my brain when he started talking about forgiveness. I was like, there's some goddamn assholes in my life that I don't fucking want to forget that I don't want to forgive. I'd rather forget. And that's where I was sitting, like listening to the start of this podcast. And I was like, yeah, fuck that. I am not forgiving the person that, that raped me. I am not going to forgive, you know, that ex that was abusive. Like, I'm not going to do that. And then I was sitting there listening to this and I had this massive realization that the pain that I'm feeling is not pain that they feel. Like me being mad or holding resentment or trying to forget them is only causing me further pain, but it's not actually affecting them. They've probably long forgotten about me. And that realization was so powerful for me. And it was only a few years ago. But the truth is that I started on a journey of forgiveness way before I actually acknowledged that I was on a journey of forgiveness because I had started forgiving myself and I'd started working on healing my body and I had started to acknowledge and recognize that I had problems. Like I'd recognize that I had disordered eating and that I had behavioral 
issues that I was aggressive and angry. And I started recognizing, acknowledging that instead of like shaming myself for it, I was working on it. And that's the difference, right? If you're, if you're not forgiving yourself, you're usually shaming or blaming yourself or sitting in guilt rather than taking the steps forward to no longer be there. But it requires forgiveness first, because if you don't forgive yourself, you are sitting in shame and blame and guilt and humiliation. Those are the emotions that you're sitting in. And we often try to escape those emotions with destructive or unhealthy behavior, food, alcohol, substance abuse. I'm not going to dive into all the different like addictive behaviors or like dopamine reward system behaviors that we can take place, that we can participate in when we're trying to cover up how we're feeling or avoid our emotions or avoid our pain. But I think it's really important to understand that the only way forward is to actually let go. So that's what I want to talk about today is like your health actually depends on it. So the word forgiveness often conjures up a variety of emotions for us and a lot of different interpretations for people. Like myself, it comes like I had some misconceptions around it. And I think a lot of us do. So at its core, forgiveness is not just an external act directed toward someone else. It's actually a very profound practice of releasing negative emotions that have the potential to cause you and the ones that you love in your current present moment harm, like anger or resentment or fear or mistrust. Like the pain, we're really not that good at containing or hiding it. As much as we try to hide behind false smiles and saying, I'm fine, you know, maybe telling jokes or being humorous to bury that we're actually uncomfortable or embarrassed or lacking confidence. Sometimes we try to overcompensate by acting overly confident in those settings, or we're trying to bury how we're feeling with quick dopamine hits. And you're not really hiding that as a secret from anyone. Everyone understands that drinking, smoking, binge eating substances, those are all ways to cope, right? You're coping. And so you may not be speaking outwardly what you're struggling with, but if you are involved in any kind of coping mechanisms, which we all are on some level, the people around you and the people who care about you see that. And as much as we try and contain it or bury it, contain it by false smiles and humor, telling other people we're fine or bury it with substances, online shopping, drinking, smoking, binge eating, it often comes out when we're highly stressed, triggered, or overworked. So it's in those moments where your stress hormones are high, you've had a long day, you are feeling overworked, underrested, that's when you're likely to spill out what's inside. And the people around you get the emotional shrapnel of all of those deeply rooted or deep-seated emotions that you're carrying. And it can be hurtful, harmful, you know, angry words. I know for myself, like feeling like someone doesn't trust me really hurts. And so flipping that around, if I was to not trust my partner, Tyler, and to tell him that I didn't trust him when I was away or that when he was traveling, that would be harmful to our relationship. But I would be basing that mistrust on past relationships and not my current relationship, right? So that's a part of the way it can hurt people in our current lives, but just a very small aspect of that. So according to the APA Dictionary of Psychology, Forgiveness actually means to put aside feelings of resentment towards an individual has committed a wrong, been unfair or hurtful or otherwise harmed someone in some way. I really hate that definition. I do. Because I don't think it's putting aside feelings. I think it is processing feelings. And it's an active process. It's not just shoving it under the rug or sticking it, the skeleton in the closet and shutting the doors. It is actually actively working through this. And so if you actually look at the act of forgiveness and there's counseling practices around forgiveness, it's associated with lower stress levels, reduced symptoms of depression, improved immune function because stress affects your immune function. And notably, your brain's electrical activity is influenced by these emotional states like forgiveness. They've studied monks who practice virtues like forgiveness. They tend to have more alpha brainwaves that are associated with relaxation, reduced stress, and also longevity. 
So according to a 2014 study in the Journal of Health and Psychology, practicing forgiveness can significantly lower stress-induced health problems. When you harbor negative emotions, you're essentially storing this toxicity in your body. And we know there's a strong mental-emotional connection to our physical health. And anyone that wants to like slough that off as woo-woo, take a deep look at Chinese medicine that has been around for thousands and thousands and thousands of years compared to our modern day medicine that has only been around for a couple hundred years, you know, that science and even, you know, recent science. So if we start to look at, you know, we're starting to understand that emotional health has a massive impact on our physical health and it contributes to things like hypertension, mental disorders, mood disorders, etc. And forgiveness can help us to be releasing, right? Releasing those emotions and that can improve our physical and emotional health. So I think that your health actually depends on your ability to be forgiving because no matter who you are or how lovely your life is or the people around you, at some point you will be wrong. At some point you will be hurt. At some point you will be humiliated. At some point you will be, your trust will be broken. You will feel embarrassed. You will feel ashamed. There is always going to be something or someone in your life that you need to forgive in order to go forward. And I know for me, a lot of that forgiveness stemmed around the surgeon that I saw when I was young for my first breast reduction, who told me that if I wanted to be smaller, I should just lose weight. After my first surgery, I went back and I said, hey, look, I told you I wanted to be an A cup. I'm still a C. And I really don't feel that having big boobs serves me. Like I just get negative attention at school. I don't want it. I was only 17. And I was like, I get attention from older men that I don't want. And he's like, one day you'll thank me. If you want smaller boobs, you should just lose weight. Meanwhile, I wasn't overweight by anyone's standards. I was, when I was five foot seven in high school, I was tall and I was around 135 pounds. I'm 15 pounds heavier than that now. So I carried a lot of resentment and anger towards him, but because I took his word and I felt ashamed that he told me that I was overweight, I took that shame with me and it spiraled into disordered eating. So I did have to forgive him to be able to work on healing my relationship with food and with my body. It was something that I needed to actively work through to forgive him for what he had said. And forgiveness and reconciliation are not the same thing. I think we we have this misconception that we have to approach the person that wronged us and say, hey, it's okay, I forgive you. That's bullshit. You don't have to do that. There's actually a coach on my team who's told me a story of her, her childhood and you know, having a, an unhealthy relationship with her mom. And she's like, I've, I'm working on forgiving her, but I'm not ever going to be friends with her. And I was like, that's okay. Like, that's cool. And that's right. I think that that's the direction we need to take forgiveness is that if you choose not to reconnect with someone or rekindle a relationship, that's your choice. And I think in some cases, it's really unhealthy or even dangerous to reestablish a relationship. We don't need to forgive and reconciliate. We can forgive and move forward. We don't need to forgive and drag ourselves, you know, drag the past forward with us. And you know what? The only time I do recommend forgiveness and reconciliation is when you're practicing forgiveness with yourself, because your relationship with self is the most fundamental relationship for your health and happiness. And so you cannot not rekindle that relationship if there's parts of you that you've dissociated from or ignored or swept under the rug. Forgiveness from that sense will require you to reconciliate your whole self and understand that you are imperfect and that's okay. But in that process and that practice of forgiving yourself first, it'll be easier to forgive others because when we work through that and understand that, yeah, I'm imperfect, wow, other people are too. And so as you start to go through this process of forgiveness, you'll realize that empathy is a really big part of forgiveness and empathizing with others doesn't mean that you think they were right. It doesn't mean that you think that 
everything's okay, like butterflies and rainbows. Empathy is not about needing to give them a hug. Empathy is about saying like, hey, I see that person for who they are in the imperfect human being that's in front of me or in my past. And I don't need to continue to feel anger or resentment towards that imperfect person because I'm imperfect too. And so I think unifying yourself with this idea that we all have quote unquote skeletons in our closet and we all feel these emotions helps us to have forgiveness. And you know, there are aspects of my past where I'm like, it was hard to find empathy for that person or that person that wronged me or, you know, was physically or mentally abusive, but it's a really important part of the process. So let's talk a little bit more about the four steps to approach forgiving. This is actually the four step approach by Robert Enright. So number one is uncovering the anger. The first one is like acknowledging resentment, acknowledging triggers, developing awareness around that and uncovering the emotions that you're feeling that you're not letting go, that tend to kind of spill out when you get bumped up against something where you're backed into a corner, right? When you're stressed, these emotions tend to come out the most. Is it anger? Is it frustration? Is it sadness? So the suppression of these emotions only prolongs the discomfort for you. So number two is making that decision to forgive. It's an actual conscious choice. Like forgiveness is not something that just magically happens. Like it just, you need to actually make a conscious choice to do that without actually needing to approach the person. So I'm choosing to forgive. That's what you need to tell yourself. It needs to be a choice. And then cultivating forgiveness, right? Trying to empathize with the offender to build up your emotional resilience and also let go of the resistance. I think if you work on first forgiveness of self and reconciliation with self, that it'll be a lot easier for you to forgive others. But remember that you do not need to reconciliate relationships with others, just with self. And there may be parts of you that you acknowledge, but you don't want to like rekindle that relationship either. Maybe there's an aspect of your past that's really dark. You can forgive that aspect of self without necessarily needing to re-spark that part of you. So forgiving it, and reconciliating, I think we need to be understanding of those words and know that forgiving yourself also is not, you know, saying I'm going to tolerate this again in the future. If you forgive yourself, a big part of that is moving forward and not repeating the patterns and behaviors that have left you with, you know, I want to say dis-ease in your body, but, you know, feeling, yeah, that's the best word I can, I can use for it. I love it because dis-ease and disease are so closely connected. And then the last part of this four-step process is just releasing. And how do you release? It's about letting go. Sometimes there will be tears. Sometimes you need to write it all out on a piece of paper and burn it. Sometimes you need to actually call or text that person or maybe pretend that you're writing that text to them. I know that I've written letters to people in the past that I needed to forgive and then didn't actually send the letters, but the process of writing it was very healing for me. And forgiveness is an active choice. I think some of us are maybe more naturally forgiving based on environment when we grow up, but it's also a skill. And whether it's forgiving a person or yourself, you can take these steps to reflect, empathize, and ultimately make the decision to, to move forward. It's not going to be linear. You may still have emotional triggers and that's okay. I know there's still things that trigger me today. And this is actually a quote I pulled up from Vishen Lakhiani from the founder of Mind Valley that I spoke on at the beginning of the podcast. God has sent you nothing but angels. Everyone who has come into your life and done something wrong to you, you can choose to perceive that as an angel doing something to get you to the next level of your evolution. So forgiveness is a profound act that can significantly impact both your physical and mental health. And I think that it's a really important aspect of self to consider, like, am I forgiving? Is that something I value? Because whether it's forgiving you or someone else, it's about freeing yourself from the prison of those negative emotions 
that, you know, really, although they may be imprisoning you, they may also be hurting others. So anyways, I hope that this episode was helpful. I'm excited to share the last two lessons with you guys, and then we'll get back into nerding out on gut health and hormones and muscle building and all the good things. Peace, love, and personal growth, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode on the E3 podcast. I had so much fun sharing my knowledge with you, and I hope that you enjoyed today's show. If you found value in this episode, the number one thing that you can do to support the show is share this episode on your social media platforms or leave a review. If you'd like to find out about the lifestyle programs I offer online, go to healthpillars.ca and click apply today to fill out an application for coaching. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Peace, love, and personal growth.